This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest, Paul Yang. Paul, thank you for taking us on your career journey. Thanks for having me, Greg. Nice, nice to be here. Before we find out what you're doing today, let's start at the very beginning, and please tell us, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, it's pretty much what I'm doing now. Um, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a doctor, and I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do when I was maybe in about sixth or seventh grade. But along the way, there were some other more fanciful things that I wanted to do, maybe uh, play football or um, make movies or something like that. But <laughs> since since I'm small and light, football was out. And with the movies, um, I'm better off watching them and uh, than uh, making them, which is a lot harder harder business to be in. So I'm I'm pretty happy with where I am now. That's amazing. You were, you knew so early what you wanted to be when you grew up. And I just had a flashback to when I was a little kid. I went to the doctor's office or something, like a field trip, and I came back and I remember there's a picture of me somewhere with a little puppet of a doctor, and I have on my face mask. I don't even know what you call it. Face mask. You know, I have my dress on, so I look like a doctor. And I thought, that oh, would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like half a second, oh, right. I thought yeah. that would be cool. So that's great. It stuck with you. Well, did you have any favorite subjects or hobbies in school? Well, I always really loved biology. I loved finding out how animals and plants worked, and that just kind of dovetailed into the interest going into medicine and later on studying things involving the human body, like anatomy or physiology and things of that nature. Um, I also had an interest in how uh, mechanical things work, and so physics and even some uh, mathematics, I mean, when you learn calculus, uh, that physics and mathematics kind of intertwine. So that, that was interest of mine. And when I was in college, I was trying to decide whether or not I wanted to be an engineer or a doctor, but I ended up going back with my first love. So I ended up in medicine. Okay, so now we know that you wanted to be a doctor when you grew up. And can you tell us, uh, you've hinted to it, what do you do today? And if you would, walk us through your resume, including where you went to school and some of the first jobs you had that take you up to doing what you do today. I am working as a primary care physician. Um, I'm a family practice doctor by trade. Basically, my day consists of seeing patients. I will see a variety of patients. I will see what we call cradle to grave. So basically, I will see newborn babies that are uh, fresh out of the hospital all the way up to senior citizens who are on the tail end of, of life but still have uh, many medical needs and concerns. I was born and raised in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I attended uh, the University of Michigan for both my undergraduate degree, which, which, which was a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering, and also for medical school. After I completed medical school, I did my postgraduate training, which is uh, what's called a residency, and I specialized in family medicine over at the University of Cincinnati. And what I liked about uh, University of Cincinnati's family medicine program was they had what's called an international health track. So we learned about caring for people that are traveling overseas, learning about tropical diseases, having the opportunity to go overseas to work at some of these venues. And so it was a, a very exciting time and a 
go away to work. Did you have a chance to work overseas? Yes, I went to Honduras one year, and I went to um, Kenya another year. They were fantastic experiences. I'll never forget them. They were formative and really stuck with me through the course of my life. So how long was your residency? For family medicine, it is a three-year program. The first year is more sort of what used to be called an internship, but it's pretty, pretty general. And you end up spending time learning in, say, pediatrics, internal medicine, the family practice program, obstetrics and gynecology. So those are the types of uh, areas that you primarily see. And then also you get exposure to other areas such as uh, orthopedics, gastroenterology, cardiology, neurology, where you're learning about uh, nervous diseases, dermatology, you get to see skin problems. So as you go through, you are exposed to different areas that will actually help you later on when you're on your own and seeing patients. Uh, independently. Is that the point in which you would choose if you wanted to, to become a specialist, or is that afterwards? It would have already occurred. If you want to be a specialist, you have to start doing that um, after you graduate from medical school and then start planning accordingly. For me, I always knew that I wanted to do primary care, so straight out of the gate, then that's where I was, where my postgraduate training was focused. So that's why I went into a family medicine program. Okay. There are other ones where you can, if you're not as interested in women's health issues, you can actually do a combined internal medicine and pediatrics residency program. Um, you could also do obstetrics and gynecology, which obviously focus on women's health primarily. And those would be the, the types of areas that, that you could pursue if you were into primary care. Now, if you wanted to do some sort of specialty medicine, such as cardiology, the study of the heart and its associated systems, or say orthopedic surgery, then after you graduate from medical school, you end up going into a specific residency program, like orthopedic surgery, that's typically five to six years, and then you, you do surgery pretty much the whole time. With, um, say, if you wanted to go into cardiology, you would most likely pursue an internal medicine residency, which lasts for three years, and then afterwards do a what's called a fellowship or basically more subspecialty training specifically in cardiology, and that usually lasts for two years. Okay. And then what made you want to become a primary care physician? What was it that, was there an event? Was it just overall you wanted to deal with all different aspects of a patient's care? What, was there anything specific that had you drawn towards that profession? When I was growing up, a good family friend of ours actually was a uh, family physician, and he practiced in um, rural Michigan. And I spent a summer tailing him and basically getting to see what he did on a day-in and day-out basis. And it really struck a chord. And I really liked how he got to know patients. And it wasn't just a matter of knowing their sicknesses and illnesses and what was physically wrong with them, but he would get to know their families and some of their backgrounds, jobs, their likes, their dislikes. And when you get a complete or whole picture of the patient, you can actually, I think, provide them with a little bit more. You can, for example, I will see patients and I will see their parents, I'll see their children, I'll see their sisters, I'll see their brothers, and I'll know what sort of family conflict is there. And while I don't tell them what to do, I mean, I can tell them, well, you know how your sister might react if you talk to her about something like this. And they say, oh, you're right, you know, you know her as well. I feel like I can help them navigate the course of you know, avoiding some of the thorns that, that you could encounter along the way and give them a little bit more 
personalized care, a little, a little bit more of a personal touch to how I can affect their lives. Now, it sounds great. It sounds very relational once you get to know them, you know, after so many years of providing them care. That sounds like a great way to go about it. What is your typical day like? Well, I usually get to work around 7.30 or 8 o'clock, and because I tend to be cons- compulsive, I like to look at my schedule ahead of time and know who's coming in and see if there's anything that I need to have ready for them. So if there are some lab results or if they've seen a specialist and I want to see what the specialist wanted to do with them, I try to look that up ahead of time so that we can talk about it during the course of our visits. Of course, my schedule never ends up the way that it starts, and there will be people along the way who might need something or might need to be seen for an acute visit. They might have a cold or be sick or coughing, throwing up, that sort of thing. And so you end up seeing those people in your schedule and make accommodations. And it's it's great because then you can help people when they, when they need it. Typically, I will see three to four patients per hour, sometimes more, sometimes less. Older patients take longer than younger ones or healthier ones. And so you, you just basically uh, treat people accordingly, but you always try to uh, treat everyone with respect and try to always listen to what they're saying and to give them some good quality care. I see people I will see people from about roughly 8 to 12 and then have time for lunch and then start up afterwards again. Sometimes I will have a block of time where a uh, half hour 45 minutes which is more devoted exclusively for counseling so it's it's more almost like talking to a psychiatrist or uh, a therapist. Um, That doesn't happen quite as often, but that's something that is enjoyable to do. It's a little little bit different from from the rest of the times that I am seeing patients. And at the end of the day, what we'll do is we'll go through and see if there are patients that have called or if they need um, follow-up from any issues or problems that they've had during the course of the day. And so we'll call people back or my medical assistant certainly helps me with that. And then um, we wrap up for the day and that's it. Sounds like a very packed schedule. And I can see how sometimes when I'm at the doctor's office, it gets to be running a little bit late, how that could happen quickly. You know, you have one patient that might take a little longer than another. That's true, Greg. But what I, what I like about what I do in the outpatient office is one patient is never the same to the next. I mean, if, if you're in a particular specialty, you're almost always going to see something that relates to one area, but I might see a senior citizen at one point, then a baby at the next, or seeing somebody who's having some issues with their diabetes, and then talking to somebody who has bad anxiety on the the next part. So it's never the same and never a dull moment, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Well, before we move on to our next question, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsors. Do you enjoy your job and find it fulfilling? Or do you spend more time wondering what if instead of what's next? If so, contact Career Spa. Career Spa has extensive programs and curriculum and understands the challenges faced by individuals in transition. They can teach these success practices to be mastered for an effective job search. Answer that what if question by contacting Career Spa and asking their experts what's next. Contact Career Spa at careerspa.net. Talent acquisition is key to building a successful organization. Talent Connections is a professional services firm that specializes in recruiting, including executive search, contract recruiting, talent acquisition consulting, and recruitment process outsourcing. Whether you are an individual or a Fortune 100 company, Talent Connections can connect you with success. Contact them at talentconnections.net. 
Welcome back. We just learned what you wanted to be when you grew up, which was a doctor, and what you actually do today, which is a doctor. So if you could do it all over again, what would you do differently, if anything? Greg, I don't know if I'd do anything all that differently. I guess if I look back on on the choices that I'd made, I, I think I would, as, as, it, as medicine is evolving, it looks like staying with a bigger uh, group is what is uh, what we're leaning towards and the different healthcare systems that provide economies of scale that are that are able to provide more for the patients in terms of referral specialist base and what they're able to um, have connected to the hospital as well. I, I think that is where medicine is headed for better or worse as opposed to the old solo practitioner who would hang up his shingle and just see patients out of his basement. Certainly, that is um, hardly, I mean, no one does that anymore. Yeah, you never have the doctor coming for house calls anymore, do we? Well, there are a few organizations that do house calls, but that's certainly um, not like it was in the past, to be sure, Greg. Right, right. Well, let's make the assumption someone in our audience wants to be a doctor. So what advice would you give them? If you want to be a doctor, I would not go into it because you want to be rich or famous. I would do it because you actually love the work. You, 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 love, you love dealing with people. You love being connected or helping people. You obviously have to have a strong base in science. But there's also much to be said for the personal touch, for uh, being able to empathize with a patient, be able to counsel them, to um, come help them where they're at. Sometimes if someone's depressed or they just need a helping hand, you, you can be that person for them or at least point them toward resources where they can have that readily available for them. So I would encourage anybody who wants to go into medicine, certainly particularly in primary care, we have a shortage of of good quality doctors and you feel that you're calling and you feel that's something that would excite you and something that you would want to do for the rest of your life, I, I would definitely encourage it. How soon in their college career do they need to know they want to be a doctor? Is that year one? Do they need to go back into high school and get the correct courses, uh, the honor courses? When do they have to really ratchet down their plan to become a, a doctor? I would say you'd have to have a good idea maybe toward the end of your freshman year or going into your sophomore year year in college. I mean, certainly you could make those changes later, but then it's just going to make it harder to graduate from college on time. In high school, you don't need to make that decision. In in fact, I would encourage you to pursue a more well-rounded education to to have an opportunity to experience a lot of different things in in high school and, of course, try to do, do well. But once once you get to college, I think that's when you can actually start to consider more of your career path and what you really want to do. What really helped me find out that I wanted to pursue medicine was volunteering at a hospital. So working as a candy stripper, working with patients. Um, I know Cincinnati Children's Hospital is a great place for uh, for teenagers to volunteer just to see what's going on. You can see the senior attending physicians, you can see the more junior physicians, you can see the uh, resident physicians that are still in training and learning like I was when I was over there. You can see some fantastic nurses, physical therapists, and that actually gives you, and again, 
maybe you initially go into medicine because you think, oh, I want to be a doctor. But then you find out, wow, I like what a physical therapist does. I like working with athletes. Or there are so many places that you could find avenues to pursue in the hospital. I, I would encourage anyone uh, interested in medicine in uh, volunteering and getting your feet wet, trying to see what's out there and make an informed decision. That's great advice. We've had a lot of folks say they should be they recommend being an intern or an entry-level job at a place that you think you would like to work to find out if that truly is what you want to do and it might lead you down a different path that is more fruitful in the long run. So that's great advice. Well, as with most journeys, success largely depends on reliable transportation. And since I'm a huge car enthusiast, could you tell us what was your first car? My first car, car was a Mazda 323. Um, it was white. It was a four-door. And um, it got me from point A to B, but it wasn't necessarily the funnest ride. <laughs> that can be zippy. But, yeah, I know exactly the car you're talking about. Well, what what is your dream car if you have one? If I could get my dream car, it would be a uh, Nissan 370Z. Um, they have an electric blue color or that I that I prefer, but there's also the silver, which looks very sharp. Um, maybe someday after my kids are done with college and ready to retire, then I'll, I'll have something uh, a little bit more fun like that to drive. By that time, it will be a classic. So <laughs> <laughs> they'll have a new one though. So well, that's true. That's yeah. True. So. One great perk to some jobs is a company car. So if I had all the money in the world, I'd love to buy you a really cool company car. And based on your position and what I know about you, I'm going to pick an interesting one for you. So you ready? Yes. I, because I know your family, I am going to pick a 1959 Cadillac, but not any Cadillac, the Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters. Couple different reasons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ambulance, has a doctor theme, but you can fit four people in it. And I know your you and your family are, you know, big in the comics and different fun things that you go to conventions, you do some cosplay, and that would be something that would just be right up that alley of interest for you and the family. So that's the car I would pick up as pick as your cool company car. That would be fantastic. But knowing my kids, especially my son, they would probably take it from me because they would they would just really enjoy it to no end. So thank you so much, Paul, for taking us on your career journey today. Thank you, Greg. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.